If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at CottageBlogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer, and I have to say the sun is shining now. Uh, It's the first time in three weeks that the sun has shone here in Ontario. And it's very lovely in April in Ontario when the sun shines so beautifully on the snow. Um, So yes, we still have snow on the ground. Hopefully that will go in the next few days. And uh, I am so delighted to have with me today as my guest, somebody who is not experiencing any snow whatsoever. And in fact, well, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that you're not experiencing any snow, Matt Landau, in New Orleans. No, I'm not. But that was a very poetic um, introduction of what, the, what it's like to be in Ontario right now. I'm kind of jealous. Oh, don't be jealous. We, we just have this never-ending winter. It's never going. <laughs> I suppose the grass is always greener on the other side. It's pretty damn hot here. Um, sorry? Well, what's that stuff? Grass? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't seen that yet. I, I can actually see a patch of grass now. In, in and, and having having said that, we we have had we had a bit of green at the beginning of April, but uh, ever since then, ever since the start of April, it, it went white again. So I have seen mm. some grass, and it's it's just coming back now, and it's looking like it is a little bit green. And I know that the temperature is is swapping within a couple of days, and we will be going from toques and gloves and scarves and parkas and boots into t-shirts and flip-flops within probably a 24-hour period. (laughs) And you'll be moving into um, Vacation Rental Success Summit territory, huh? Oh, I'm definitely in VRSS mode at the moment. I mean, it's so exciting. You've been involved in the the, the previous two of these. So you know what the build-up is like, how exciting it is. And we're just finalizing our speakers, um, putting the panels together, and and also working on some of the peripheral stuff, you know, the boat ride and the Saturday evening social, just all the, the good stuff that surrounds all the good stuff, if you like. And you, of course, as uh, for a third year, will be delivering a keynote. Yes, I will. And, and, I, and I just have come to greatly respect and admire the amount of work and effort and energy that goes into organizing these things. You guys pull off um, almost like a miracle. So I have no doubt that you are in the weeds right now, but I'm sure that when the event starts, it will come off as, as seamless as it has in the last two years. Yeah, I'm just excited at seeing a lot, lot of ticket sales in the past past couple of weeks and uh, um, seeing all these names, you know, many of whom I don't recognize at all. And But a lot I do. I recognize them from forums and I, I recognize them from, from different groups. And, and I'm so excited to meet them all. So I wanted to... Yeah, I, I actually, just yesterday, I had lunch with um, an Inner Circle member named Carter here in New Orleans. He was in town for a film fest. And he asked um, if I recommended the Vacation Rental Success Summit. And I told him the same thing that I tell pretty much everyone else who asks. And I, and I said, it's quite simply the most important event for independent owners. 
and small managers out there that you will not find another more concentrated group of folks just like you. So I, I will say once again, if you as a listener are considering investing in some kind of learning experience this year, make it Heather's Summit in San Antonio. It will be uh, a game changer, I think. I, Do you I, mind that I gave that plug, Heather? I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish you hadn't done that. <laughs> no, thank you for that. And uh, you always make it such a wonderful experience as well. Because I, you know, the, the past two years, you've done the most amazing keynotes. Um, you know, last year, uh, uh, well, every year, the keynote presentations get better and better. And yours last year, David Angotti, um, though they would they're just getting so good any any sneak preview of what you're going to be talking about this year well yes this year i'm going to be talking about my biggest um learning point in the creation of the show sense of place it was the most challenging professional thing i've ever done and um i thought that it might be cool to sit down and really deconstruct some of the things that we learned from that whole experience for those who, who don't know, it is the first season of a show featuring vacation rentals almost as the main protagonist. And we're meeting these new destinations through the properties and the hosts. And never before have I created anything with film. Never before have I uh, even dipped my toes in the world of distribution, which is what they call basically getting people to watch your show. And it was a huge learning curve for me, but it also gave me an amazing amount of confidence that pretty much anybody could pull something like this off. And my presentation in San Antonio is going to be a sense of place deconstructed in which I share sort of my four really big epiphanies from the project and with the hope that people can take them and implement them in their own video storytelling too. I mean, how many places did you visit? How many, how many episodes have you done so far? Visited 13 destinations in the first season, and they ranged from the United States to Europe and down into Central America. And they were all so different and all the properties were so unique and all of the hosts were so um, personalized that uh, you might think it would be challenging to wrap them all up in a bow, but in the end, they all have this wonderful thing in common, and it's that they offer a really progressive uh, vacation rental travel experience. And so the, the goal would be to, to share what we learned from that in a forward-facing way so that we can speak to travelers clearly and introduce the, the, the majority of folks out there who have never experienced vacation rentals before uh, to our industry in an in, in an accurate way. It was it was interesting that I I, I talked to John Oden from um, the episode about uh, in Nashville and Heidecker House recently, and his his episode in of, of the Vacation Rental Success Summit will be coming up next week. It was just fascinating to hear all the sort of so, some of the bits that perhaps weren't shown on mm-hmm. on the show. Because I, I know what happens, you know, when you, you know, you're producing a 20, 30 minute um, episode, uh, but you're doing it over a few days and stuff mm-hmm. has to go to the cutting room floor, I guess. Yes. 
Um, We've just begun the supplemental content campaign, which um, is sort of sharing the complete interviews with people like John, um, including most of the insight that wasn't um, included in the actual final cut, like you mentioned. In addition to capsules, um, which, which which is the term that we use for things that we did or things that we learned in that destination that simply couldn't fit in the episode either. And and those will all begin coming out over the course of the next few months um, just to make sure that we don't lose a bit of that insight because it was really all just so, so helpful. For for today, you're going to um, run through some of the key takeaways um, that you got from, from these episodes, right? Yeah, I thought that might be cool. I thought it might be cool to share who the host was, where the vacation rental experience took place, and my biggest takeaway from that visit uh, as a traveler, but through the the vacation rental professional lens. I have a little list um, of items here, so maybe I'll just go down them in no particular order. So um, the first one I have here is CJ Stamp who's located in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And the big thing I learned from CJ and Southern Comfort Cabin Rentals is getting proximity, getting close to your competitors is actually the best way to solve your collective problems. So CJ is located in a very isolated community in Blue Ridge. And there are a number of different owners and managers who are all quote unquote competing for the same traveler. However, the natural instinct uh, to to avoid your competition or to um, fight them or try to sink them or try to um, outwit them was sort of put aside in exchange for the collective success of the area as a whole. So CJ uh, on a regular basis works closely with his quote unquote competitors and the, the perfect example of that was when all the professionals in that area got together and identified the lowest season of the year in terms of bookings. And they basically fabricated out of thin air uh, a festival, the Blues and Barbecue Fest. And it's now a huge event, something like five or 10 years later. And it's now the busiest week of the year. And of course, CJ couldn't have done that on his own. He needed the other stakeholders to be involved. And it was just a wonderful example of how viewing your competitors uh, through a different light and getting proximity, getting close to those problems in order to solve them is a really magical thing. He has actually inspired us up here in Ontario, um, or he and and the um, the association, the Blue Ridge Association, has inspired us to start the Ontario Cottage Rental Managers Association, which is wow. already off and running. And we have a website underway, which is sort of modelled on their website. Um, that so, is so cool. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, as as age as as property managers, we we often operate in a vacuum, not uh, not wanting to you know, in quotes, share the secrets. But we, no, none of us have secrets. We all do the same stuff. And, and, and when we start all doing the same stuff to the same standard, it, you know, some, something very wonderful happens. And, and it is happening with, with ourselves and seven other companies at the moment. And that is very much, in, well, very much due to me finding the Blue Ridge Association website. And uh, I'll, I'll be contacting CJ shortly to, to 
to get some more nuggets from him. Excellent. Um, that is so cool to hear. Next is Amy and Linda in Kauai. Great Vacation Retreats is a really cool property management company in Kauai. And my biggest takeaway from them is they sit down with their staff once a week and they go through the guests that will be arriving and they identify what those guests are coming for, what interests they have, what particular needs they might have. And then they go out and they commit a small budget to giving a wow moment. And this wow moment can range from gifts to experiences that are curated to little gestures that mean something special, but specific to that individual with the goal of the guest arriving and receiving this gift and saying, wow, I've never had anything like this before. So for me, I'm really into um, outdoor adventure. I also love fresh food. They got me this um, little kit of fresh Kauai juices along with a bottle or two of champagne to have upon arrival. And I said, wow, <laughs> it was definitely a success. But my biggest takeaway is that they don't just do that for special guests. They do that for everybody. And that working into the cost of doing business, a wow moment um, is kind of their secret to success. And it's something that any independent owner or manager can do with a little bit of thought. How scalable is that, though, Matt? You know, what I'm how many properties do they do they manage? Um, that's a good question. I think maybe like 50. Wow. That, that's that's impressive. Yeah, the, the question about scale is a good one. I think it's maybe the, the, the million dollar question. How scalable are these unique little hospitality touches? And I tend to think that it boils down to how well you understand the touches and how well you can systematize the touches. So maybe in the case of Amy and Linda, if they had 500 properties, maybe they'd have 10 WOW templates. So they've, they're able to identify a, a, one of these buckets that a guest falls into. Maybe it's the adventure tour slash healthy eating bucket and they get assigned a certain wow gift. It's not quite as good as making everything individualized, but mm -hmm. it is certainly uh, going to achieve the final result, which is the wow. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. That, I, you know, I'm, I'm taking this all in. I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I'm using this as, and, and I, it'll be a takeaway from my next company meeting. So, so I'm sucking as much out of you as I possibly can at the moment. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. In San Diego, Blue Water Vacation Homes, Paul Becker and Brady were our point people there. And my biggest takeaway from um, Blue Water was, and this is a management firm. I think, again, they might have uh, 70 or 80 properties. Uh, and a lot of people sort of keep asking themselves how personalized or how unique you can get with that many properties. One of the really cool things that Paul and Brady do is they weave the personality of the owner of each property into the actual experience. So instead of saying to the owner, we're taking over your, your management property, um, we're going to remove anything that gives any resemblance that there was a, an, a human here beforehand and we're going to turn this into a, a sterile hotel um, bungalow. They don't do that. They actually latch on to the personality of the host, of the owner, and they'll weave it into the narrative. So the property that I stayed in, which was right on the beach and was stunning, was owned by um, Jeannie Bender. She's a, a children's book author 
And she's become sort of famous with this children's book series. I think it's called Lindy Lou. And they actually weave that into the storyline. They allow uh, Jeannie to keep in the property certain things that she thinks makes um, sort of reflect her. And they also gift a book, a copy of Lindy Lou to the guest. So that was cool for me to connect uh, the actual origins of this property, how it came to be, because quite literally, Jeannie was able to purchase this home because of her success with the children's book. So I thought that was a nice divergence from the traditional property management instinct, which would be to wipe clean mm-hmm. ev- any ounce of personality that might exist there. That is taking this industry forward, I think, where, where we're going to a place where, say, Airbnb is buying a condo you know, a, a whole um, condo unit and all the properties or all, all the rooms in it are going to be exactly the same. Um, and then putting that against this type of very unique boutique experience. Yeah, I recently stayed at an extended stay. Have you ever been in one of those? Yes, I have. And it's like the perfect example. It's got like a little kitchenette. Mm-hmm. It's got a bathroom. It's got a little living area, a little court. Um, terrace area, but so sterile, Yeah, like not, no sign of humanity. <laughs> yeah. Devoid, and, devoid of any personality whatsoever. It is, yeah. it is in fact, it's extended hotel room. That's it. Exactly. So uh, sometimes I think the best way to describe these perfect cases is just by describing what they are absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And this is complete opposite of an extended stay. Okay. That's my two minutes. Moving on. Bob and Ian. In Le Marquet, Italy, I know you've spoken with Bob at length. I know he's been featured on your pod. Um, but my biggest takeaway from visiting them uh, was their Treedom project. Bob is very passionate about the environment. And he came up with a little plan to sort of convert any guest that came and stayed at his uh, rental property into a contributor towards this greater goal of of saving the environment. So he has these really simple little cards in each vacation rental unit. And he reminds guests upon arrival that if you take that card to any number of his preferred local restaurants, all of which are just outrageously good, you'll get a discount. I think it was 10 or 15%. And with that 10 or 15%, you actually can take the money that you save there and reallocate it towards Bob's Treedom campaign, which plants trees uh, throughout the world. So he's done this incredible thing as an independent business owner of leveraging all of the guests that are coming to stay with him in the direction of this wonderful and admirable goal. And really all that's needed in the center of it is this little mechanism that he built, this little relationship with the restaurant. And he's planted, I don't even know how many trees at this point, but I just found it very inspiring to the point that I left Le Marque um, sort of feeling like a slightly more responsible version of myself after seeing all that. I, I, I love that particular one because it, uh, it's, it's a way of guests contributing without them feeling that they've been coerced into anything. Yeah, he's very conscious of not being preachy at all. Um, Bob is one of the co-founders of the Star Throwers Initiative, which is vacation rental professionals who are weaving their, their, their socially responsible initiatives into their business. And that's Bob's number one thing that he always talks about is making sure that you don't come off as preachy, 
that you do add value to the experience, but that you also put it on the table. And those who want to participate um, can, and those who don't want to participate don't have to. Yeah, just just brilliant project. Okay, number five. Yeah. Number five is Henrietta Kiss in Rome. And her company, Treasure Rome, is a remarkable collection of distinguished properties. And Henrietta has sort of mastered this parting gift uh, or parting thought in which she, not unlike Bob, has identified a cause that's very close to her heart, which is the Real Pearl Foundation, uh, which is a, a program that helps children out of poverty through art in her home country. And they create these gorgeous wooden boxes. And Henrietta actually gifts as a parting thought to her guests um, one of these boxes. And I thought that was such a perfect way to cap off an amazing vacation rental experience. And it was something that I, I brought with me and that I will literally never forget the experience. So I think my big takeaway there is that if you can find something to leave as a parting thought that actually stays with the guest while the memories slowly begin to fade, you can kind of remind them when they are ready to book again or when they're ready to recommend you to a friend that the business is still there and, and, and ready to host. Yeah, great, great idea, but done wrong, it, it can have the opposite impact. And I, I say that, you know, obviously what Henrietta's doing is, is amazing and that has such a positive impact. But I remember years ago, a few, four or five years ago, coming back from, um, from a vacation rental somewhere and about two weeks later in the mail, I got a, a package and I opened it up and it was, it was from the, the owner of this property. And I thought, well, this is, this is, this is quite nice. But it, it was the, the cheapest plastic water bottle <laughs> you can imagine with their logo on the side of it. You know, one of those that, that probably costs a couple of dollars when you buy them in bulk. And I thought, you know, well, the thought was there, but the, the execution of it was off, was really, really yeah. off. So I love the yeah. idea of a parting gift, but it really needs a lot of thought to go into it. Yeah. So maybe a good little test would be to present the idea to uh, five former guests and ask them if what they would think of receiving this. And if they say, yeah, plastic bottle, plastic water bottle might be a little strange, <laughs> then you can skip that idea. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was just really weird. And I, you know, and the sad thing was, the sad thing was that that plastic bottle came out of the box and went straight into the garbage. So it went straight into a landfill. <laughs> well, I'm still using Henrietta's box. So I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> And this comes from John Oden in, in Nashville, who we were just talking about. Um, John epitomizes this, uh, what I call a factor of limited edition in the customer zero mentality. John believes that instead of crossing his fingers and waiting for his guests to bubble up and become huge raving fans of his business, he actually cultivates this customer zero, this person that will go out and almost promote his properties on his behalf by a really cool little welcome experience. So he calls you in advance and he asks what your favorite or email and asks what your favorite beverage is. And I said sake. And when I arrived, there were two bottles of sake waiting for me with a little handwritten note. And this is the second thing that John does. He writes a handwritten note for each guest 
welcoming them to the property. In, the, in our case, it was Heike House. And he asks that on the back of that same note, you write a little note back to them about your stay. And this note is presented as the last page in a three ring binder in a little plastic sheath. And what you see before that is just tons of former guests who have also received the, the personalized note and who have followed through on the response. So built into that handwritten note, which is already very personalized and old fashioned and really simple to do, mm-hmm. is this social proof. When I arrived, I realized, wow, a lot of people stay here and a lot of people really like it. And it gives people just a nice reminder that John is someone who is consistent, someone who tries hard. And I think it buys him some cushioning in case something goes wrong. Uh, the guests are much more likely to let him know before trashing him on a, on a review. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, on John's episode, which will come up next week, uh, does touch on that a little bit. And I did ask him the question about, you know, he's, he's got um, three properties now in um, Tampa Bay as well. So his property in Nashville, which he gives, you know, he, he's able to give that personal touch to because he and Ellen live there. That, that's where they are. Um, but I said, you know, how, again, we're on to scaling. How do you scale this out to other properties? And he, he said it comes down to the staff who, are, who, who really follow on what he does and are able to leave those personal notes to, 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 to his guests in another location, which I loved. Yeah. Yep. Yep. One of those things that's maybe applicable to any of us just requires a little bit of time. And in the case of the the free beverage, uh, increasing your cost of doing business a tiny bit, maybe increasing your prices in order to cover it, but doing the things that other owners and managers and hotels wouldn't do. Yeah. And I noticed in that episode with John that you asked him that question, you know, this is great to have these two bottles of sake, but you know, how, how does it impact your bottom line? And, you know, he, he had a great, he had great answer for that. So, uh, Oh, by the way, for those who are listening, every, um, the link to every episode and all these wonderful hosts and their, um, their properties and their property websites will be in the show notes. So you can go back to, um, cottageblogger.com, uh, forward slash and i believe this will be two three one and and go and check out those show notes and you'll be able to um, click on all these links and go and see the episodes and i i strongly recommend you do that you can binge watch binge watch yeah (laughs) okay onwards to deborah haddock in guardia which is about an hour outside of rome deborah is an architect by trade She is not a business person, per se. She's never been really trained. She's not good with technology, self-admittedly. And the biggest thing I learned from her is the importance of passion in this vacation rental industry. Because if Deborah didn't have this unyielding passion to host people and show them her side of Guardia, if she didn't have that passion, her business would have sunk long ago. And I see the reverse So many times, too, people who have all the resources they may need but don't have the passion, their businesses lack this critical component of of hospitality. So from Deborah, um, who is constantly trying to keep up with all the changes in the vacation rental industry, she's constantly trying to understand how to uh, adjust a website or, or make responses via the platforms. She, at the very core, 
has this undying passion to host people and show them her version of Guardia. And I think that's a very powerful and sort of reassuring thing for those of us who don't feel totally um, comfortable with all of the business side of this. You made such a good point, and we've talked about Deborah before in a, in a, in a previous episode, and you know, you, you sort of explained that it, it, it's a struggle for her. And I think for many people who are out there, it, it is. It's a challenge. It's, it, it doesn't all fall in, in your lap straight away. And imbuing that sense of passion and wonder about people and, and sharing, sharing your location and space um, can go a long way to alleviate some of the stress that gets involved with that challenge. Yeah, it's, it's heroic in a way. It's, I, I'm always reminded of the story of Sisyphus, of pushing that rock up the hill and never actually reaching it. And, and for people like Deborah, I envision Sisyphus, but with a smile on her face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, onwards. Hacienda Antigua. This was the last episode of the season. It was in Mexico in a little region about an hour and a half from uh, Puerto Vallarta. And Kelly and Frank Sanchez, the owners of this just limited edition sprawling home up in the mountains overlooking the sea. And from them, I learned the power of offering in-suite or in-home services. So their home is perfectly cut out for it because it's huge. So they were able to, to coordinate a mezcal tasting. They were able to coordinate uh, a yoga session for me. They were able to coordinate massages and all of this stuff in the home. Uh, but even if your home isn't huge, my big takeaway from that is that Something like a chef, a private chef who can come in and prepare local specialties um, that is taking advantage of the features that make the vacation rental industry um, so attractive and and not necessarily forcing people to go out and find these things, but maybe offering them as in-house services. I thought that was a very powerful idea. Obviously, that is more for, for those who, who are close to their property and, and who, who can coordinate uh, all, those, um, all those aspects of it. However, having said that, um, Jane's Cottages, I don't know if you've, you've come across um, Jane, who manages cottages up in the Muskoka region of uh, here in Ontario. Uh, uh-huh. And Jane manages a, a, quite a large number of larger properties and these are they're more mansions, you know, sleeping 20, 25 people. And out of all the agencies in Ontario, ours included, she has commanded a niche in offering all these in-home services. And, and she's just able to do it by collecting around her a large amount of very dedicated staff. And, and she has found this, this niche where she can... Um, apply a lot of, of her hospitality skills and her passion uh, and bring it to a larger property management company. Having, having just said that I think this probably applies to somebody who, <laughs> who manages their own home, I, I've then countered that by saying, yeah, you can actually do it with a property management company. And I'm sure there's, there's plenty of those around. Yeah, and that actually will lead me into my next one. Uh, it comes from Anna Maria Island, Nancy McAleer. Um, Serenia by the Sea was the home that we stayed in there. And Nancy actually lives in um, Canada, and she manages this home in Florida from afar. She makes only a handful of trips down to Florida each year. So she really counts on locals in the area to be taking care of her guests. 
And the biggest thing I learned from her is that forming really great relationships with local businesses um, can almost substitute your personal need to go out and physically do all these things yourself. Nancy, in a lot of cases, does not take a commission from any of the services that she recommends. Uh, Instead, she chooses to pass that value along to her guests and to entrust, to know that the person taking care of her guests is going to do an exceptional job. And she had just a, a wonderful handful of individuals who showed us their version of Anna Maria Island um, as, a, as a consequence of Nancy's introduction. And at the very end, Nancy actually came down to visit us for the interview in her home there. And she got to meet these people, a lot of them for the first time. <laughs> so I thought that was really cool. And this is something that would have been maybe impossible 15 years ago because of the, the tools and the technology wasn't quite there yet. But Nancy's doing it and doing it, in her opinion, better than some of the local property managers on site. That's remarkable that, that there are people that are doing offering services and offering um experiences for guests but she has not she hasn't met them so how how was she able to explain that how was she able to um you know justify endorsing people that she's she's not met in person well she certainly does her research she doesn't um approach providers that don't have great reputations to begin with um i asked her that question and she said that she does lots of prep Mm -hmm. so she said She will have plenty of phone calls and emails. She'll speak with plenty of people who have experienced the service. She'll speak with the individual who's offering the service plenty. But I also asked that question that you just asked me to these people that Nancy introduced us to. I asked, how does Nancy manage this? And they all gave me one answer. They said, persistence. They said, Nancy does not stop and she will not stop until things are perfect. And I think that persistence sort of transcends where you happen to physically be at the moment. Um, And if you've got it, you can pull it off. And frankly, if you don't got it, um, and even if you live in that same area, you may not be able to pull it off. Yeah. So how was Anna Maria Island? I've seen Nancy's places um, and always wanted to go down there. What was your, was that your first time there? It was my first time, and it's spectacular. The, the phrase that we heard many times over to describe it was the old Florida, mm-hmm. this, this sort of feeling of what Florida used to be like, where you know the neon signs and the big resorts haven't quite yet arrived, and it's still this down-home, rustic, uh, and yet beautifully tropical place where you can just kind of wander down the side of the street and pop in for a bite to eat. Everything is, is very low-key. We absolutely loved it. And it actually was a perfect segue into the next place that we visited, which was um, North Carolina, Carolina Beach, and visiting Jim Kitts and his wife, Jennifer, of Carolina Beach Realty. They gave me a huge takeaway, and that has to do with the role of a vacation rental professional in their local community. So I had the chance to wander into Jim and Jennifer's office and not only meet the people um, to whom they were providing jobs, Let's not forget that as small businesses, we are actually providing jobs to local regions. Uh, But I also was able to see their office where they have just walls of of plaques and trophies and letters thanking them for contributions to school events and to church events and to sporting events. And 
it's really hard to miss when you stay with them. Um, this role that you kind of have as a guest in the greater community. And I think if you're able to convey that feeling, if your guests are able to understand that this is not just a chain hotel, this is actually a, a mom and pop business that is directly connected with the people of this destination, um, it kind of adds to the experience. It makes it more meaningful, more connected. And then one of the simple little actionable examples I could share would be Jim and Jennifer recommend guests uh, explore this coffee shop that's not necessarily like nearby. You got to drive 20 minutes or so, um, but it's called Biddy and Bose and they hire uh, people with disabilities. And it's uh, the word disability is just not fair to use about this shop because when you walk in, it's almost like these people have superpowers. They're so smiley and so friendly and they just give you this big uplifting feeling about your day. And I felt so good about getting my coffee there and in the end buying a bunch of coffee to take home um, about that experience. It was just made all the more textured by a simple recommendation. So finding a business in your area that sort of it impacts the local destination in a unique way was a nice takeaway for me there. Perfect. And, I, and after I, um, I think we spoke before about um, Carolina Beach Realty and Biddy and Bose, and I went and looked it up. And then oddly enough, um, a couple of days later, it, there was a feature on it on, on our local TV station. Um, yeah. And the, the woman behind it won a CNN Heroes Award like a week after we left. Once again, you know, I'm, I'm trying to relate what you're telling me to what we could do in our own business. And I hope that those people who are listening to this are, are doing the same thing and that you've all got minds racing as to mm-hmm. what you could actually do uh, because there is a variation on every theme that you've talked about. Yeah. And that was the general theme of, of our season, too, was that um, we want to show what vacation rental experiences are capable of. We're not necessarily saying that every single experience is going to be exactly like this. In fact, travel impacts different people in different ways and different owners and managers operate in different ways. But we wanted to show that there is this bar, this gold standard up there, and we can all kind of strive towards it. A wonderful example of that is my next one. It's Borja Rodriguez in Marbella, Spain. And Borja, my biggest takeaway from him is that he comes from a world of finance. He was sort of destined to be a banker all his life until he realized that he didn't like it. He realized that this was not him. And he took everything that he knew about finance and he applied it to a property management firm in Marbella that quickly began to grow. And my, my application here is that so many owners and managers leave behind various professions, but they can also bring with them the things that they that made them so great in those professions and apply that to their vacation rental business. So in some cases, you were uh, used to be a lawyer. In some cases, someone used to be uh, a graphic designer. In some cases, used to be an investment banker. Taking what you learn is something that I've almost come to see as a superpower when applied to your vacation rental model, something that none of the other businesses in town can compete with. So I thought that was kind of cool. And another one that really, if you package it properly and explain to people that you were doing this most of your life, 
And then you transitioned into this new aspiring world of vacation rentals and brought with you your special skills. Uh, it's quite uh, an inspiring and, and, and cool story to be attracted to. Oh, yes, indeed. I, and I've often talked about, you know, in a, in a previous life, I was a hypnotherapist. And <laughs> I don't know how I could share. I haven't yet sort of shared that with my guests, but I, I do use those skills in sort of hip, hypnotic skills in terms of um, applying them to listings and applying them to how we actually communicate with people. But yeah, not quite got around to sharing that with guests yet. <laughs> I will hypnotize you to book my property in the high season. Yes, and by the way, I can make you act like a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last two items to keep under our time limit um, come to us from Seattle and Barcelona. And they are both in the general theme of regulation, which I know is a, um, a topic very important for a lot of people right now but also may be increasingly important for more people as time goes by. Damien in Barcelona, uh, Barcelona is arguably the most contentious vacation rental city in the world. And when you go, you even mutter the words apartamento turistico or alojamiento turistico and people like uh, want to attack you. <laughs> it's got this terrible stigma and understandably so. They've got a housing crisis. They have just hordes of tourists, many of whom are choosing vacation rentals and many of whom are misbehaving in vacation rentals. So I understand um, both sides of the coin. And my biggest takeaway from Barcelona was that Damien, someone whose livelihood is sort of predicated on vacation rentals in this contentious landscape, is that understanding both sides of the conversation, of really listening to what residents or people who oppose the regulatory um, process is key because so many times we just kind of go to these town hall meetings or we go to have a conversation with someone who's opposed to short-term rentals and we just argue, 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 and we forget to listen. And in a lot of cases, um, the arguments coming from the other side are very legitimate. And Damien is someone who has a great perspective on this battle. And he believes, like the most moderate opponents of this vacation rental thing in Barcelona, that proper regulation is necessary. And it's not something that you necessarily hear from tons of vacation rental professionals, but it's also a language that both sides tend to agree with. So my big takeaway from Damien, for anyone who's in a destination that's faced with some kind of legal battle is really truly hearing out what these opponents are, are communicating and understanding them and empathizing with them instead of just arguing why vacation rentals are good, why you are upstanding, why your guests don't cause any problems. We're going through something like that here in Ontario at the moment in, in a number of places. And, and I'm, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the shouts of this is unfair and we mustn't be regulated. And the response really is, is that as, as, as Damien said, you know, proper regulation is, is necessary. It's, it's something that um, will alleviate the concerns of many parties and, and let's explore the options in regulation rather than everybody coming down hard on one side or the other. 
And and Derek is the perfect segue here because Derek is going through this right now. Seattle is is Barcelona in waiting. And Derek took a very proactive stance. So Derek and his wife, Sally, uh, run Seattle Oasis. And I don't want to skip over Damien. Damien's company is called Picasso Suites. Seattle Oasis is like the Picasso Suites of Seattle in that they do everything as well as they possibly can. They are um, responsible. They are process driven. They have really high standards. They're great people. They understand, they live there. In, in the case of Seattle, they actually live in Seattle. Um, what Derek decided to do when realizing that his livelihood could be pulled out from underneath him was band together with other independent owners and managers of the region, uh, specifically a company called Sea to Sky, which is run by Michelle Aquavella. And they put together the Seattle Short-Term Rental Alliance, the SSTRA. And they are marked by these bright green neon shirts. And they began having meetings. They began attending town hall meetings and simply becoming part of the conversation. And I had the pleasure of joining the SSTRA at town hall in, in our Seattle episode to hear what these conversations are like. And along the same lines of Damien's uh, regulatory uh, opinions in Seattle, uh, Derek and his team were simply communicating what a proper vacation rental business should look like. Uh, he wasn't attempting to do anything under the table. He wasn't attempting to, to be money grubbing. He wanted to do things properly. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, it's quite simply a matter of being proactive getting together with your fellow owners and managers, creating a unified voice, being part of the conversation that's taking place. And in the end, educating folks who have never stayed in the vacation rentals or don't really understand what vacation rentals are, helping them see what this industry is about. And if you combine a dose of that with da Damien's sort of level-headedness and, and empathy for the other side, I think that's about as close to, a, to a, an approach a perfect approach that I have seen. Yeah, it, it really is a model for the rest of us, and I and I know that uh, that the way that um, SSTRA, you know, Derek, and the guys from Sea to Sky have have approached this in Seattle is is something that um, that I've shared with 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 some of the people that are involved with some of the regulatory issues here. So it, it's all a matter of of learning how people are doing it and whether that and, and how well they're doing it and then bringing that model to your own um to your own location and and to the own and to the situations that, that you may be currently facing yeah you got it and i'm actually um i'm going on a trip this afternoon i'll be going to seattle and i'll see Dam uh derek and i'll see michelle going to the uh, northwest vacation rental professionals conference there in Washington. And then from there, I'm going to Barcelona, to Kigo World, and I'll see Damien. So I guess it was fitting that I left those two for the end. <laughs> that, that's wonderful. And then, of course, you'll be heading to San Antonio. And then I'll be heading to San Antonio, where I cannot wait to see the VRSS community. It's always definitely an item on my calendar that I circle several times over. So, Matt, is there a season two? There is a season two. Excellent. So exclamation point. Are you coming to Canada? We very well may be. <laughs> um, we are just in the preliminary 
planning stages at the moment. We're planning on fil- getting started filming uh, towards the end of June. Um, and as you can imagine, there's a bunch of uh, logistics that go into creating the show. It's not just me saying, let's go to Canada. Uh, but me saying, let's go to Canada is certainly going to happen. And we're going to aim to com- to portray some destinations and some countries and some regions that you may not typically expect um, and just continue telling these wonderful stories in a way that is both fun and and educational. I, I think that as a vacation rental professional, when I get to travel and I meet other folks who are doing the same thing, I'm just like a sponge learning how much, uh, how much they're doing and, and the new ways of doing things. Um, so while we do want to stick with the traveler narrative of showing people what vacation rental experiences are capable of, uh, for me, the secret benefit is getting to, as we say, nerd out with a bunch of other owners and managers and, and talk shop. Absolutely. And I, I just applaud you, applaud you not only for the idea, but for the, the implementation and the execution of them all. I mean, this is, this is a really polished TV show. And if anybody has not taken the opportunity to, to look at it, um, I will, as I say, all of those shows are going to be listed on the show notes. So go there, take a look and start to watch. And, uh, yeah, I, and I will be, I, there's, there's certainly a few that I have not looked at yet, but um, I, will, I will definitely be catching up with those over the next few weeks. So We originally tried to make each of the episodes between like nine and ten minutes, but we realized that that was pretty much impossible. There was so much great stuff happening. So each of the episodes are between 12 and 15 minutes. I wouldn't quite say they're, they're snackable because I liked, I mean, I've watched one or two and I've watched them twice. So <laughs> Because there's, there's, there's different things, there's nuances, there's things that you want to go back and have a look at. And, and every single one of these hosts and owners are just amazing people. But it's uh, what, what, whatever they're doing, as I said, it's, it's all something that we can, everybody can aspire to. And you've pr- provided some amazing takeaways in, in this episode. Um, and, uh, and I thank you so much for taking the time with me again. Well, I look, I look forward to doing um, the same at the Vacation Rental Success Summit. I'm going to give a presentation with my big takeaways from this season um, that are a little bit more nuanced and uh, thought-provoking than the ones that I just shared. There are some patterns that were running beneath the most engaging moments of the first season. And when you pour over almost 50,000 hours worth of viewing time, you see some really cool storytelling patterns begin to emerge. So that's what I'll be sharing with folks at VRSS. Well, that's definitely one not to be missed. Um, so... You know, again, if you're sitting on the fence about going to the Vacation Rental Success Summit, and there are t- still tickets to be had. So you can contact me directly at heather at cottageblogger.com for a, a really good discount. And, yeah, uh, give yourself a little credit. You've, you've created a vacation rental business pretty much with no help. Give yourself a little reward. Go on a little trip to San Antonio and hang out with a bunch of vacation rental nerds for the weekend. You will not regret it. I, I saw a comment on a forum recently that just said, uh, and it was a co- it was a, a, a conversation about who's going to to VRSS and is it worthwhile? And somebody commented that all these all these 
um, summits are just the same. They're people spouting off about their products and services and they can't teach me anything I don't know already. And I thought that was that was just a little sad, that comment. Well, that's a person who um, who doesn't need to attend. The people who attend these events, specifically the VRSS, are people who are constantly looking to improve their businesses, who are constantly looking to learn, who want to surround themselves with people who are smarter than them. Unfortunately, if you're the smartest one in the bunch, you may not fit. Uh, that being said, even the most advanced people that attend VRSS are just so generous with their time. And so just such kind people that I think it really changes one's perspective of, of what being a vacation rental professional means. Yeah. And on that note, on that note, I'm going to let you go and um, head off, head off to um, Seattle and then Barcelona and then San Antonio. And I'll be seeing you there. Yes. And I will see you there too, Heather. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much. Well, as always, the best conversation with the amazing Matt Landau. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I certainly did. I have been scribbling just copious notes here. Uh, and I'll be putting a lot of them in the show notes, but I am taking a lot of them away with me to a, a team meeting um, that's going to happen very shortly with my with my property management team because there's a lot of these ideas that I, I want to, to talk about implementing and and this is what it's all about. It's about hearing what others are doing, pulling out all these amazing nuggets and applying them to your own business. And as I said, it's variations. You you can perhaps think about some of these things and say, well, I couldn't do that. You know, we, we it's it's not scalable. We couldn't do that with a hundred properties or two hundred properties. But a variation on the theme could very well be hugely successful to you and for you. So that's it for uh, another week. Uh, as I've mentioned, John Oden, who was a, uh, a who was a star of the Nashville portion of Matt's trip around the the world, um, will be on the show next week talking about um, his his appearance on a sense of place and filling in a few gaps on on how he manages his businesses, not only in Nashville but uh, his properties in Tampa Bay, Florida as well. So make sure you stay tuned for that one and uh, hope to see you at VRSS. Thanks again for joining me for another week and I'll see, uh, well, I won't see you I'll, unless I see you in San Antonio, but I will be with you again next week. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business. Oh, 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 oh